If we're in tune in what's happening at the national level, we need to flip that narrative. We will no longer be an institution if we continue to say, you adapt to us. We need to adapt to the student. And so what I'm seeing at the local and state and national level is that we're not tapping into the industry. We're not asking our big partners, like, what do you need? We're not asking our community, what do you need upskilling? Do you need when and where do you need these classes? What degrees are valuable now? Even degrees, I will say it. Is that the ultimate? It may not be anymore. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Future of Work podcast. I am your host, Salvatrice Kumo. Today, we will learn more about our Pasadena City College campus, focusing on the different areas of student services on our campus. We will discuss what the center does for our students and how it helps them succeed and what other opportunities we should be providing to our students. With that said, I'd be delighted to welcome Dr. Brenda Ivalis, Assistant Superintendent, Vice President of Student Services at Pasadena City College. Dr. Ivalis is a transformative international educator with over 20 plus years of experience within higher education with leadership roles at both community college and university levels in both public and private sectors. She is an experienced practitioner in higher education with an extensive background of progressive senior leadership experience who values authentic leadership, collaboration, student success and access, diversity, equity, inclusion, and of course, the passion for learning. We are super excited to have you here with us today, Dr. Ivalice. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much. Good, good, good. Thank you for making the time. I know that, you know, we've had some scheduling back and forth and listen, you've hit the ground running since arriving here at PCC. It doesn't go unrecognized. We totally, totally appreciate it. And thank you for making the time this morning. And I have the privilege of knowing a little bit about your background. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, I want them to know that what I've learned from you is that your family has a legacy in education, including yourself, right? And so could you please share a little bit about that experience and what led you to this point? I am always honored to say that I am the 14th educator in my family, fourth generation. That's amazing. So, 
It's amazing. I grew up in the classroom. Literally, Abuela had me in a box when I was that little, that I was in a box and she had like toys. And I like, I clearly remember. And so I always find it a privilege because I have an opportunity to talk about what's important to our community, to our students, and have my family really understand and support that. And challenge me too, you know, just like, what are you going to do with that? Have you thought about this? You know, and so it's really been an exciting time. I've been in higher education 25 years and just have had a lot of support from folks tapped into some amazing mentorship relationships that have supported me beyond my family. But education, I knew since I was chiquitita, very little, that <laughs> I was going to be in the classroom. I was going to be in education. And actually, that's how I introduced myself as an educator. I rarely say my title. I just typically say, hey, I'm an educator because that's what we do. And that's actually my philosophy when it comes to student services mm-hmm. and how it is here at Pasadena City College, but really how it should be across the nation when it comes to education and student affairs is that we're a learning institution. We should be always holistic. We should right. always put the student at the front and that we're educators. We always have an opportunity to teach students, whether it's how to do a program, right. whether it's conflict mediation, whether it's determining, you know, figuring out their career and path, whether it's life choices in general. Right. That's the power of student services and really the power, I would say, of higher education. And I really, truly believe that. Excellent. Speaking of across the nation, I found out a little bit of information that I did not know about you, and it's amazing. I have to share it. You, know, you were chosen as one of 21 women See. In the, mm-hmm. throughout the United States for outstanding leadership and community service by the National Hispanic Leadership Institute. Institute, yeah. That's, oh my gosh, like, hello. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah, so I was nominated and selected of mm-hmm. uh, uh, 21 Latinas. You know, that cohort of women, can you believe we're still connected? That's beautiful. Um, it's been several years, and we are constantly checking in with each other. I mean, it's a constant. It's a very uplifting group. Everywhere from college presidents to CEOs, business leaders, psychiatrists, folks that work in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and have a lot of roles that impact actually our educational system, which is very exciting to have that partnership and influence and also understanding of how things work. So, For sure. And in your experience with that, can you share with us a little bit about the value that building community has in mm-hmm. connection with the effort of breaking barriers and increasing equity? No one has the right solution for everything. And I think I truly believe bringing people to the table means, and that is how I really value diversity and view it, is that who's missing? Who needs to be here? Who can aid in developing that community? And when I say that is when we talk about community, we are really talking about each other and the core of what drives change. And I think as educators, as agents of change, we have that opportunity to really uplift. Mm -hmm. And with that, that is how equity, inclusion, and really transformation occurs individually and then as a community in general. And so I think if we have that perspective of how we're all interconnected and that if we tap into the community, we will have those diverse ideas, perspectives, experiences, lived experiences Mm -hmm. that bring value to the conversation around 
How do we increase equity? How do we close the challenges that we have ahead of us and are currently living? That's the way to do it is bringing in folks and empowering folks to tap into their voice. For sure. How are those values being translated in your role here at PCC? Mm. Some of those values that you just spoke about, how is that resonating or how is it landing here at PCC as you lead the division. Yeah. Folks are excited to come together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I'm really clear about is I focus on the role and kuleana, which is a Hawaiian word for responsibility mm. of an individual, right? So when I talk about who's missing, who should be at the table, when we're making decisions at the college or working on projects, it really is about not around classification or title. It's really around who is interacting with the student or can get the work done, has the skills, has the lived experience, all those things. And so I challenge people to think outside the box. I challenge people to think through as like, who are partners? Who do you work with? What could they bring? And then welcome the person in as part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Truly, not just as a, we need your ideas, we need your thoughts, thank you, and have a great day, but really about let's involve you. And I think creating ownership and spreading out who's involved in the conversation, who has ownership of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned authentic leadership. That's what I mean when I talk about authentic leadership is it doesn't have to come to one person. Right. It really shouldn't be. It really needs that experience, that ability to lead, really everyone has. And so there's time, there ebbs and flows in that. And so I've just learned to step back when I need to uplift, push if I have to, encourage, whatever I need to do (laughs) to get folks to tap into what they know. And what I found here at PCC is that, and other institutions as well, is that folks are shy or they've been told they don't bring value or don't have a voice or don't have a place. I changed that up. Nice. I'm like, why not? Like, why? Right. And so then I also encourage folks to communicate across each other. I'm very much on sharing information. The information I ask for, gather, all that is shared out. Because, again, I'm going to see it through one perspective, but I need other folks to tune into and tap in and tell me what they see. And together we make decisions. Together we can change the campus and really the college and the community that we serve. And with that, what are you envisioning student services to look like, to experience? What is the vision for your division? You've had a moment here, really. It's just, I mean, how long has it been? Like a few months? A few months. A like few months. three? <laughs> It's been three months. You know, you know what I envision is developing support systems, really clearing up those communication lines, structure, and tapping into building community, and really knowing who we serve. I think what's important is that one that team members know each other, Mm -hmm. because too many times we rely on again the title, and we're like, oh, that's your role. Right. And when there's a point when there's a crisis or just it's go time, mm-hmm. you relate better and you get things done when you actually know someone authentically mm-hmm. than if it's just like a business transaction, right? Because of title, like, oh, you need to do this. and that. When you actually get to know someone, I think for me, the vision for student services is to break down those barriers that existed, have existed for a long time, those silos that a lot of folks continue to mention as a barrier and 
be intentional on that as well as develop systems of support so that we can best serve our students. Simple enough. My leadership philosophy is my role is to remove the barriers in order to best serve our students. Whatever those barriers are, I get out of the way. Right. Because when you uplift folks, they will shine. That's right. You probably hear me a lot what I would say faculty and teachers would say, because again, I'm an educator. So I actually take every opportunity as a learning opportunity, a teachable opportunity, right? Not only for myself, but for the individual. So I'm always explaining like why I'm deciding this and asking folks about what their thoughts are. It's honestly just being authentic and being present and listening to what folks have. So again, the vision is, Let's support, get to know each other, build community internally so that we can then support the external community as well and build systems of support and structure for that. I love that. Well, I think in the short period of time, you've definitely demonstrated that to me and um, very grateful, very, very grateful for your collaboration on many of the different areas in, in our divisions. You know, this is the future of work and I want to kind of shift gears a little bit at a macro level. Okay. So at a macro level, you and I are, again both practitioners in this arena, and we are purview to trends, to studies, to information, an abundance of information. What are you seeing as the direction we as a system of community colleges, how we should be supporting our students through the continuum, through the academic continuum? Anything out there that you think we as, again, as a body should be really keeping an eye on. I say that also too, because our division, as you know, leads the Los Angeles Regional Consortium of 19 community colleges. And so as leaders within that regional space, I'm really curious to hear about, and that's mostly focused on workforce, but I'd love to hear your perspective on a macro level with student services. And then how do we do more braiding? How do we do more braiding and what we're doing at a regional level and what you're seeing as trends for our colleges? So I would step back for a second and first say, who are students today? Mm. And who are students of tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Pre-COVID, higher education was pretty predictable. We knew the ebbs and flows of our students. I could tell you when the campus was going to be packed. I could tell you if you programmed something at this time, no one was going to be there. (laughs) We just knew, right? Right. But we also know as national and state leaders that when it comes to higher education, things are shifting. And because of COVID, it has accelerated a shift that has been needing to take place in higher ed for a long time. And that shift specifically is around tapping into our industry. I go back to the who is our students because our students are going to tell us, our community is going to tell us what we should be offering right. as options. What we know is that because of COVID, we all have done a gut check about what we value. People continue to say and have been saying pre-COVID and even more so now, they need flexibility. Mm-hmm. They need options. There's an old philosophy. I know it's an American movie, Costner. You will build it, they will come, uh-huh. the baseball field one. That's, uh, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I forgot the title, but I, I follow you. <laughs> yeah. So that thought is there. It's like, we built this institution. Mm. You, student, you, consumer, come here and adapt to us. 
I'm not about that. We need to flip the narrative. Mm -hmm. If we're listening, if we're in tune in what's happening at the national level, we need to flip that narrative. We will no longer be an institution if we continue to say, you adapt to us. Mm. We need to adapt to the student. And so what I'm seeing at the local and state and national level is that we're not tapping into the industry. We're not asking our big partners, like, what do you need? We're not asking our community, what do you need upskilling? Do you need when and where do you need these classes? What degrees are valuable now? Even degrees, I will say it. Is that the ultimate? It may right. not be anymore. Right. I think it's it's an opportunity to really listen. And so I go back to tapping into that community, listening truly authentically, and then trying to figure out how do we connect those dots, right? right. How do we get students into their workforce? Because ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. For me, that's how I see it. Students come to get a degree for what? For a career. Right. right. To improve their lives, to include the community, for all those things. Not just education. Education is valuable in itself, but there's a reason why. And so to actualize that, we have to tap into the leaders out there that are the movers and shakers. We have to tap into the businesses. We have to tap into the community and say, are we matching it? Are we matching the need that currently and in the future will be needed with what's being offered? And are we talking with folks? Are we talking to, I would say, the business community, workforce community in a way that we say, hey, how do we align it? Mm-hmm. How do we align what we offer? You know, I go back as simple as when do we do career exploration? Are we giving our students, I always say flashlights. Mm-hmm. Are we giving students all those available flashlights? Because everyone says, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Are we giving them options for them to check? Again, I'll go to the COVID piece because I think that's really important. It's a game changer in higher education because folks are tapping into what they care about. No longer are folks saying, hey, I don't want to work 60 hours a week and not spend time with my loved one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We should listen to that because we did it. Why wouldn't our students do that? And again, they're asking for flexibility and I don't have the answer. I don't. I just know these are the questions that I'm curious about and exploring with other leaders about what does this mean for us? Mm -hmm. We need to change because if we don't, we won't be in existence, not the Mm -hmm. way it looks like today. That's right. And so again, you know, sometimes the higher education as we know, right, how institutions of higher education started, what, at the elite schools, men only, and where we are today. Right. If we would have stayed in that past, a big disservice. That's what we may have, maybe, may have been needed then. Mm-hmm. I will tell you they weren't listening to their community because it wouldn't have been just that. But it's mm-hmm. changed a lot. You know, higher education can be very slow to adapt. I don't think we can afford that now. I think for like my philosophy or my view is when it comes to really making an impact, right, being a a leader in the region, it's a trifecta for me, right? It's workforce, academic, student services. It's the three of us talking about what's happening in the field, what are folks saying, and then how do we actualize it and support our students? My perspective is supporting the student through, right? Right. Supporting the community through, and then taking, put, connecting those dots. Academic has to be offering our community needs, what the industry is saying, various industries, because we tap all over the place, right? What are they saying? And again, are we offering the right things at the right time for our right. students in the right manner? Right. Which can be a little overwhelming for folks, I would say. Yeah. But 
I think it's an exciting time, and I think we need to disrupt the status quo for sure. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And you definitely have a thought leader with me. Mm -hmm. Include me in. Count me in, coach. Yes. I mean, the future of work. Really, the name of the podcast is beautiful because that is, it's the future of, I would say, us. Mm -hmm. We have to be partners. It's not optional. It's about how do we work together and get really, truly live our mission and our vision. And if it's to support our community, Mm -hmm. the future of work is there. Because that is where students are going, right? They want the work. They want to thrive. Right. And speaking of those like future careers that you're mentioning Mm -hmm. that we're talking about here this morning, Mm -hmm. how are you seeing student services enhance that educational experience so that that student gets to their future career? We have such an array. So when it comes to student services, we're talking everything from I am interested in college and I'm applying, right? The application process, admissions, all the way to graduation. And in between that is dozens of support systems, dozens and dozens of support systems. So I think for me, where are we exploring with students? Are we providing workshops or ways of getting them to think outside the box? How much are we challenging them to tap into internships? How are we turning leadership opportunities or leadership engagement on campus and informing their resume, right? And that's a lot of work that you're doing in workforce. And so that's where the collaboration comes in, right? Example, student governments here and really across the nation deal with hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. And these are student leaders that are in charge of this money. I'm like, write that on your resume. Put that in there. You know, and like students that are like, I'm not quite sure about this or that. I'm like, are you doing internships or even a smaller version of that? Just job shadow someone. And so for me, I think with student services is really tapping into those opportunities because we're all tapped into different spaces. And so by putting that at the core of who we are and where we're going, which is, again, who's our community and connecting the dots, then we can start leveraging those networks, right? I would say our social capita and really help us support our students. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you just a little bit. I'm I'm going to give you a a magic wand. All right. With this magic wand, if you had one thing, one major change, I should say, that you would like to see happen in student services as a system, right? As a system of community colleges, what would it be? I don't have a specific thing. I would say lead with curiosity. And so as leaders here and across the nation, again, and really our community college system, when I say lead with curiosity is, again, examine who our students are, what their needs are now and into the future. Be curious about, again, our industry, our workforce, what's available out there, what careers. I mean, the fact that we have influencers what does that mean, right? And folks are, right. What does that mean for education? Right. For sure. And so folks are like, oh, they're just, inf- well, these influencers are making a lot of money and they're actually making, they're influencing, not even the money piece. And let me just be honest, just the fact that just even the word influence, right? That they can yeah. drive change the way they want. They got this captured audience. They're creating social impact in a way that we haven't seen we before. Haven't. Why are folks dismissing that? People are like, oh, influence. Oh, that's a joke. You really need to look at X, Y, Z. It's like, stop. They're telling you what they want to (laughs) do. So when I hear influencer, I want to be an influencer. I hear Mm -hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be the boss. I want to be X, Y, Z, right? That's what I hear. I hear someone that is, you know, wants that. So then 
why not come here? Right. We have amazing programs. Like when I hear influencer, I'm like, you got a business plan? Mm-hmm. What's your network like? Right. Who are you connected to? Who are you talking to? Encourage that. Fuel that. Don't dismiss it. That would be my magic wand is lead with curiosity and then actualize it. Activate. Right. Take that knowledge. Share it so that we can be responsive. So mm-hmm. always lead with curiosity. And I think if we had that versus being fixed, you come to us. Mm-hmm. We will build it. They will come. It's just not going to continue. It won't work. And we will see it because continue. Students will physically and virtually walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Let's make it simple. Clean it up. That's right. Be curious. Eliminate barriers. Ask questions. Encourage. Light fires. They like music? Great. I mean, that's the first thing I ask students when they're asking, like, I'm not sure. It's like, what do you like to do? They say, oh, I like music. Great. So what's that mean? Do you like to listen? Do you like the beats? Mm. Do you like the lyrics? Do you like the business aspect? Do you like the technology aspect of it? Like, tell me more. Like, mm-hmm. right? I'm not telling them what they need. They're telling me. I'm just asking questions. Because right. when I see a light in their eye and they get excited, ooh, you know I'm going to tap them in. You know I'm going to. That's right. I'm going <laughs> to pull them in. I'm going to be like, ooh, hey, let's check this out. And that's I think right. one of the things that's really important is eliminating those silos. I, I haven't talked yet about that's that. Right. Because when I say let's tap you in, it's not me that's going to help the student throughout. I'm not going to write an educational plan. I'm not going to do the career exploration. I'm going to light a fire and introduce them to my dear community, mi familia, right? Mi gente. I would say mi gente, which is my people in Puerto Rico, which is a term of endearment. But mi gente, I'm going to tap them in because we need to be able to trust and support. That's right. Right? Here's the person that's going to aid you in that. And then it's a chain Right. And suddenly their circle of trust, understanding of the system that we've created is enhanced because now they know me. They know my Mm -hmm. my gente. They know that gente's gente. And what do we end up with? Someone in the workforce, someone thriving in their community. right. Right. And the other thing is we think about it as, again, degrees or certificates and completion. No, 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 no. It's a cycle. We think about enrollment in the student journey as like a living line. You start, you finish. Not true. Because if we do it right, we tap into alumni who then help us get our students jobs and careers. People that want to upskill or come back for just new learning, relearning, whatever it is. It is a circular experience, yet we don't talk about it. We want it like very structured. And that's not how we live or how our students live. And so, again, if we leave with curiosity, we learn all that. If they have a great experience, even better. And you know what? If it's not here at this particular school might be someplace else and that's okay and we need to be okay with that because here's the thing what we know too is that when there's a bad experience people will tell a dozen plus people when it's a great experience you might tell two or three that's right but those two or three matter right i'm sharing a quick example i use a dog walking app it's Mm -hmm. a way for folks to make some side money when i met my first (laughs) dog walker (laughs) gloria pcc student Mm -hmm. from salvador gang affiliated ex-gang affiliated Guess who she's bringing to school? Her husband, her mom, oh, her brother. Beautiful. What? Oh, that's beautiful. She wants to be a youth counselor. She's working towards it. Oh, like, that's so great. And this, by the way, is in a like four or five minute conversation. I'm just like, fills my heart <laughs> with warmth. I get excited and I ask, what has been your experience? Great. Amazing. Mm. Great. Right. Because someone tapped into her and, like, actually listened. 
and said, yeah, we got you. This is how we're going to help you. And it spreads. And so, you know, your question around community, that's how you build community. That's right. Right. That warms my heart so much to hear that story. I love it. That's why institutions exist. That's Mm -hmm. why we're here. And that's the beauty. And I, and I love that. I love that so much. I'm always so energized by your enthusiasm. And I know for a fact that our listener is going to be super energized by your enthusiasm as well. I learned so much from you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. My biggest takeaway is lead with curiosity. That makes me happy. It does. It's so important. You know why? It's because it resonates, in my humble opinion, leading with curiosity resonates whether you are a student, whether you're a faculty member listening, whether you are someone in Mm -hmm. advocacy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if we all lead with good intentions and curiosity, as you mentioned, there's so many great things that could happen. We're in a transformative state, as you said. I'd love that. And I look forward to seeing what the future holds for our institutions in higher education. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. In the event that someone would like to connect with you, Mm -hmm. what's the best way? You can reach me at my email, Instagram, I have Twitter, I have LinkedIn. (laughs) Reach out if you have questions, if you want to explore, if you want to refer anyone. I'm here. I'm here to serve. That's all I want to do. And and I am honored and privileged to have the opportunity to do that every day. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. Such a pleasure. Well, I will see you soon. I get the beauty of getting to see you almost every single day and certainly weekly. Thank (laughs) Thank you so much. And we will catch up soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.